and welcome to another episode of the Project Purple Podcast. I'm Dino Varelli, founder and CEO of Project Purple, if you haven't already heard that before. And today we're sitting down in our podcast studio with a very special guest. Thank you. A friend of mine who I've known, how long have we known each other? 2013 Boston Marathon that is in a hotel right. lobby. That is right. Oh my God. So I'm sitting here in our podcast studio with the Can wonderful, the lovely Sean Veranosi, who is <laughs> Sean Veranice. Uh, Veranice. I like saying Veranosi because it sounds more Italian. One of my friends Italian. says mayonnaise because he can't say it either. <laughs> uh, I it's love nice it. to be here. Well, I'm yes, glad we've been you friends are here. Six years. That's crazy. Yeah, Isn't that crazy? Know, I have to dig that picture up because that was with you and I in the Marathon Goddess, Julie Weiss. That is correct. Yeah. And I think she was the connector. I think I was in the middle and you two were doing the Marathon Goddess pose from the sides. It's possible. It is possible. possible. That yeah. could that could be history in the making. It's we'd always have to history. Go, we'd have to go back and look at that. It's kind of we're in the archives all of a sudden. I know, right? Like it's, it's alumni. It's, it's early here. I know you just flew out from the West Coast. So for those I listening did. at home, Sean is a part of our uh, advisory board, is part of the board of directors, has been very involved with Project Purple, just flew out. We've got some board members coming in this weekend from all parts of the country. We're going to meet face-to-face. I'm face-to-face excited. Face-to-face meeting. First time ever. Yes. Which is exciting. I'm motivated. But so we're we're technically on East Coast time here, which is like we're three hours behind. So I know maybe the the tea hasn't kicked in yet. I get up at four in the morning, so I this slept until true. seven. Yeah. So I was so, right on point. So you're right on point. You're <laughs> right, right on point. Right. But the weather's a little bit different here on oh, the hell, East Coast. Yeah, it's it's uh, 22 today, which it's never 22. What did, when in you Orange left County. Orange County yesterday? What was it? It was probably um, 61, and I left early. And that's cold. It was just right, running temp. Actually warm for running temp. And the last time I, I was there for the Chargers game, you were a great host. I slept in your car the whole day. You did sleep in my car. <clears throat> so thank you, Volvo. Thank you, you know, Vol- Volvo. Your car. Thank you, Volvo. Volvo makes wonderful seats that go all the way down yes. in the front that you can actually lay out like you're on a bed. I was yeah. not feeling well for the audience listening at home. <laughs> uh, we went out, we were invited by the LA Chargers to come to the game, even though, so, okay, let's talk about this for a second. You are, uh, you weren't born in California, but you've- I, I can, was born in California. I was born in LA. But then you moved to- I moved to the Northwest. Northwest. So, and I was raised, oh, I lived up there for 14 years in Oregon and Washington. Been back in California ever since. Back in California. So we can say native Californian. We can. So Sean is from LA, well, from the LA area, Orange County. Yes. Lives in I've the I've been OC. living in Orange County more or less since uh, 86. And you got involved with us. I know you. you we mentioned it a little bit before how we first met because you were running all these marathons. But for our audience listening at home, tell the story of how you got involved in all of this and Maybe do like a quick synopsis. Yeah, of course. Um, So my mom was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer in 2012 in August and um, quickly had the, was fortunate enough to have the Whipple procedure in December 2012. And during that time, I've been a runner for 40 plus years and I was trying to think of something positive, one, to keep my head on straight and help my mom and also something she could look forward to. So... I rarely watch the LA Marathon. I happened to have come home from the gym that day and I turned it on and I swear to you within the only 10 minutes I watched was Julie Weiss finishing her 52nd marathon in 52 weeks. 
And that was the little epiphany. I decided to have my aha moment was to run one marathon a month for the next 12 months. And how I was going to figure that out was reaching out to her. And how we met was I'd never talked to her. I just ran her in in Orange County and met her on mile 12. We ran in um, because she was running the half. And um, we kind of connected. I happened to have qualified, I think, four or five times for Boston during my 12 marathon. So we met the following year. And she was going, I was going, and I heard about Project Purple through her, and the rest is history. Now that you say this, and I I listen to this, so LA is in April. LA is March. March, March, okay. So then that quite possibly could have been 13 or 14 because Julie and I met in 12. So that was the year that Julie and I met, April of 2012 at Boston, where we ran the first 21 miles together. That's right. And then she had to catch a plane. And then 13 was the year of the bombing. And then I came back and ran in 14. So it had to be either 13 or 14, but it may have been 13 because... I think it was 13. Yeah. I couldn't run in 14 because my mom was very ill. Yeah. So I, I, so I qualified, 13. but I didn't go. So 2013, the year of the bombing then. Oh. The bombing was the second year that I've done Boston. Yeah, 2013. Yeah. that That's a... That's an amazing race, as you know. Yeah, Boston's a great one. So you, you do these marathons. You did these marathons. <laughs> and then, a lot of road racing for me. So yeah, I you've done a lot of running. Gears. So h- how many marathons did you do before your mom got sick? I think in total I've run only 26 marathons. Only 26? Yes. But now I train that distance. So I don't, yeah, I think it's 25 or 26. So prior to your mom getting sick, then would you say you've done like, so then that would be yeah. like 12, 12 to 15? Something like that. Yeah. So you, you weren't, so you weren't new to the marathon distance before your mom got sick, but then Mm-mm. decided like, Hey, I'm going to do one a month. And like you said, somewhere every two weeks, just because of timing. And I think, yeah, timing, schedule, logistics, just did you do all of those in other than like, I know some of them were part of what we were, I think. But did you do, I think because New York, you came and did New York one year. I did New York. I ran New York, which I thought of last night flying in to this beautiful area um, in 2014. So that so was, was after, after, that was post the 12th. Yeah, 12. I finished um, the 12th marathon in Orange County on purpose because it was in the month of May, which was yeah. the month my mom was born. Happened to have been the month she passed away, but I was running while she was alive, of course. Um, And that was in my backyard. So I had a lot of local support and that was just how I wanted to finish it. So I backed into that timeline. Yeah, in Orange County, we've been involved with Orange County, I think since 14. I think 14. And they've been real, I mean, talk about Orange County here, since you are from that area. Yes. We'll talk about it here briefly. I mean, for those listening at home that don't live in California or have never been to Orange County, that race probably has one of the most iconic starts, starting in Newport Beach, California. It starts in Newport Beach. Before the sun is up, right, I believe? It's Yeah, it does. So, or as the sun, I mean, it starts fairly it starts, early, right? Yeah, it's an early start because of the time of year, but it's um, but beautiful before the time change. Yeah, yeah, but beautiful in terms of 
the scenery. You you literally start on well, well pretty start close to at the beach, Fashion right? Island, and it's within a mile or so, just right to the beach in Crown de Mar. But you see water. You, you see water. See, you can see water from the start mm-hmm. line. Yeah. And then you, you traverse. Can, if it's clear, you can see Catalina Island, which is amazing. That's an amazing race too. Yeah. I mean, I know you and I. The first time I was out there, we drove that course. If we you did. Remember, we we drove around, and I just remember going, "Oh my God!" Like these houses and these beautiful scenery. Right? So the first, if you're doing the half marathon in OC, it's just the half a, marathon is yeah. It, it's all of that beach area. The backside of the full is more Costa Mesa. Costa Mesa, Irvine. You dip in alleyways. Irvine. And <laughs> you dip into so, Irvine a little bit, right? Or um, it, Santa Ana, just on the outskirts, Costa Mesa goes through the campus, and I'm not sure where it finishes now, if they changed it, but it, well, it finishes up at the fairgrounds, yeah. But I think some of the route has changed. But the first half is the best part. Oh, it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Um, so for those listening at home, we are still a charity partner of the OC Marathon. Yes. And the 5K is on Saturday, so we have a team of 5K. And the 5K route is similar. The 5K, no, 5K route 5K ends changed at the a fairgrounds, little. Yeah, right? it starts and finishes at the fairgrounds. Fair it's yeah. a fun race. We had a good time. It's nice that they have it in the evening now. Um, Which is cooler for temperatures, right? Because sometimes it can be warm. I know in the past it's been warm. It's been I mean, warm. in the 70s in May. If not 80s sometimes, yeah. yeah. And for yeah. everyone, I mean, you guys do get warm weather, but I mean. We get warm weather, and then it is it's the still start earlier of June in the gloom. Year. Yeah. So in May, we get a lot of the marine layer. Yeah. During that race or that weekend sometimes. So, so. June gloom is what? Like when the temperatures really it's soar? It's the marine layer that comes in off the coast and it's just overcast and we don't like it. So is it, <laughs> are the temperatures warm though? Uh, no, they, they really cool off. In June? Mm-hmm. So June, yeah, June, in, June in May, Southern June, Cal is really yeah. cool. It can be, yeah. Just on the coast area though. I mean, it'll warm up, but it's overcast. So going inland. So it cools the temperature. Yeah, but going inland towards the mountains it gets warmer yeah it's perfect training for the mountains that time of year before it gets too hot so listeners at home oc is a great destination easy to get to we've got uh two airports that are really super easy because really if you had to fly in la that would be the least but you fly in long beach long beach and And john John Wayne, wayne which are really really Small. I, flying in and out of Long Beach for the NFL game was amazing. I was like, yeah, it's that was really easy. I mean, that was easy lifting. You actually go out on the runway to get up on the plane. It's like old. Isn't school. that funny? I and know. It, it's almost like airplane. Like they have this huge <laughs> glass, so right? You yeah. remember airplane the movie? Now we're oh, aging yeah. ourselves. Huge glass partition. In right? the gateway, you used to just wave and at you're people just watching. Yeah, and you see people plane. walking onto the planes, but then the planes are coming in. When they come in, they park yeah. them right there, and you're like, "Oh my god, is the plane going to come through the glass?" But the cool thing about Long Beach is that you go through security. They have the smallest, barely. Yeah, they have the smallest ticket gate, but then you go through security, and then you're back outside. That's like it. it's so cool. And there's like you know, uh, like there's an eatery. It's all there's retro. Like, yeah, it's, cool it's so cool. And then yeah. you go into the gate area. Area, and that's confined a bit, but um, yeah, really cool airport. So, but the great easy. thing, it's easy, right? It's yes. you don't have to deal with the hassle. I think people sometimes coming, 
you know, here in the East Coast, I mean, New York is, there's traffic, but it's not like that LA traffic. Um, but I think, you know, flying into Long Beach, if you can, or OC, I know we've had plenty of people, uh, I think two years ago, we had a bunch of runners from Connecticut do OC and they flew into John Wayne and they love that because it's right there. You're right in Orange County. It's a great destination race. It's very easy to get in and out. And there's so, as you know, there's so much to do that weekend if you want to partake in the scenery, in the beach, in, like I said, Disneyland or anything else, the restaurants. It's amazing. And Pasadena is also weekend. really cool as well. Pasadena is fantastic. And, which is not far. No, no, not at all. I mean, and then you've got San Diego, which is down the 405, which is about over an two, hour. Is it an hour from Or an hour and a half. Yeah, it's not that long. And yeah, if you wanted to go to the train. Mexico, not you that, could. You could. But you should go bef- after you run. We want to make sure that you Correct. race with us. Correct, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you make it back. <laughs> you make it back, yeah. Uh, but beautiful. The, the, the area there is just beautiful. And so we are recruiting and currently have the uh, the application up here. By the time this podcast airs, it will be up. So we'd love to have you join us in OC that 5K, first weekend in May. half marathon, full marathon. It'll be a fun weekend. And the weather's always, it's never rained. It's always spot on for that race. Pretty much. I ran it's it been once warm. in the rain. It's been warm, a little bit warm, just yeah. acclimating. And I think when I say warm to for our audience at home listening, the challenge is, is like for us here in the East, we go from 30, like March tends to be really cold and then April could be wet. April showers bring May flowers. That's what they say. So, uh, and tends to be a little bit on the cooler side. And then, you know, May, if you're going out west, you, you know, if you get like an 80, same thing with like Boston. Boston has had that funny thing where, you know, we, we go through this brutal, brutal winter. And then these spring marathons, these early spring marathons can be tricky because if you're not acclimated, you They're get tricky. a hot day, the, you're toast. Last one I ran was, I was running with some, a couple ladies from Texas and they were beat up because they were not used to the temperature change and yeah. you know that's part of the sport though I think though I always enjoy running because I love to see where the body can go right where you can push that's that right. engine and I think that's kind of the, like you said like it's see where it goes right And but that's like the coolest thing I think one of the coolest things there's so many cool things about running Sean and I'd love to kind of sit on this topic here for a minute or two but like don't you feel like for me, I've always enjoyed running for the mental aspect and to see where the engine can go. But think about it. We're not going to win the race. Like I've never gone to a marathon or half marathon thinking, hey, I'm going to win some money here. I'm going to be up on that podium. I have thought that naively in like a Spartan race. We did a Spartan. We were involved in Spartan and there was a charity heat. And I looked around at everyone and I was like, oh, I'm the I'm like one of the fittest guys here. I'm a contender. I'm a contender. <laughs> and it was at Mount Snow, uh, or uh, it was at actually at Killington Mountain in Vermont, which is a pretty serious ski mountain. And the vertical that day was like, I don't know, it was like 2,000 gain up and down, right? Which is not bad, but it's like, it, for 5K, that's pretty yeah. aggressive. So I remember like we got into it and we got through like, the, the and you know the the Spartan races are like the tough mutters yeah. uh, these these obstacle races so we there's it was a 5k with like 19 obstacles built in and some of them were pretty basic and then some of them were pretty aggressive and I remember we got through like the sixth obstacle and I was like feeling pretty good 
And then we got to like number nine and I was like, we're screwed. Like, there's no way. Like I'm placing now. <laughs> I was like so morally defeated. And maybe there's a lesson in that. It's just like, you know, going in, not, you know, putting that pressure on. I mean, I guess it's kind of like, you know, I feel for like, you know, and we've talked to many of um, the finishers in Boston, you know, yeah. like, you know, Molly Huddle, who's been a great friend and ambassador for us. And I remember talking to Molly in Lincoln last year about that whole Boston experience, because at some point, you know, like if you know going in, like, hey, you're you're in it to win it, right? Like that mindset is there. But then, you know, at some point, like you're defeated, like you've seen like five right. people go by you like you're you know and boston was really unique you know naturally she was dealing with hypothermia and it was just totally that was a crazy race crazy crazy race probably will you know what's fascinating we probably will never see something like that ever again in our I lifetime think so. maybe sam might because he's a little bit younger he's a little bit younger but probably not you know, so it's just like so fascinating. It's like one in a hundred year race, you know, that we've seen. But so it's it's really kind of cool, I think, where people can take their mind and their body to when it comes to running. There's no limit. There's no limit. I have to say I have one money. Do you want to hear a story really quick? Well, I, is this the it's Denver funny. rock and roll one? No, I didn't win my, I placed. You placed. I you did, didn't which I didn't you expect. Got a, you got a pretty badass jacket out I of it, right? I got two or, jackets, yeah. which I still proudly wear in laughter. Um, so I was running an Into the Wild race series, and I ended up placing second, and I won $100. This was probably 2014. But the funniest thing about it wasn't the money, because I didn't expect the money, because I some of those races, it was a 19K or a 30K, something like that. It was probably 30K. Anyway, um, so I told my brother, because I was so excited, I was like, hey, check it out. I said, I want 100 bucks, I got a C-note for running. And there's this silence on the phone. And he just takes this breath and pauses, and he goes, that Harley pencils out for you, don't you think? <laughs> I so much. I'm like, you're a buzzkill. But I'll take the 100 anyway. You but yeah, it. I took it. And you get the glory. I had the glory. Which doesn't go away. The money goes away. It was a great away. race. Yeah. Anyway, and in ultras, we like if you win, we I won a mug for winning oh, a first. Belt buckle. I took first place. Dude, buckles now. So now well, you have to run a hundred. So for audience listening at home, buckle. though, now you've shifted over the last couple of years, and now you're dealing with an injury here to ultra marathons. So by definition. And we have a lot of our runners, not a, not a lot, but a, I would say a fair amount should be the better phrase. More than yeah. I think people think that have gone beyond. So an ultra is really anything beyond the 26 miles, correct? Correct. Yeah. So the first from that would be a 50K at 31 and change. And I would love to know other runners, other ultra runners. I know some of them for Project Purple. I'd love to see how many we have. I'd have to you say, just speaking off the top of my head for this year, I know of six or seven people that are doing an ultra marathon. Yeah. Um, whether they are doing it as complementing their training for a marathon or they're doing it as like our pioneer. Because we don't really, yeah. right now, which by the time this episode airs, we don't have an ultra <laughs> officially. Well, we hope to be making some announcements maybe later in the year. You never know. What's you never know what's in store for 2019. We've got some big plans in terms of races, but um, I would have to say there's probably six or seven folks that are running for us, like I said, either on a marathon team and just using the marathon as part of their training yeah. and their fundraising or they are running an ultra and doing it via our Pioneer, which has pretty much been the most common route 
and I would say looking back at the nine years that we've been in existence, we've probably had at minimum 10 people run ultras and fundraise for us, uh, which is kind of fascinating. Well, the sport's grown a lot. So 10 years ago, nine years ago, five years ago was not the same. And um, to the topic of why we run and what's so fascinating why about do you think, running. Why, why do you think that's happened? What was it for you? First of all, why did you, why did you, did you just wake up one day and go, um, run 30 miles? You actually alluded to it. It's, you want to know how far you can go. And I wanted to know how I could get off the asphalt for starters. Yeah. I wasn't getting injured. I actually ran healthy for that entire year. Um, but what I did recognize is the marathon sport. You, we've talked about this. The marathon sport was train was changing just like the tri sports and the masses were coming in with their bucket list. And I think it's fantastic. I props to everybody, everybody that shows up at the gym every day, everybody that gets up and just shows up. It's early That's in the deal. year. So there's a lot of people at the gym. Yeah. There's a lot of new clothing around at the gym right now. I'm enjoying watching that. So that'll go away at Valentine's Day. there's probably Day. a lot of people on those running <laughs> it always trails. always goes away. Yeah. I ran this morning yeah. in 19 degrees with the wind chill that was 10, not to brag, but I didn't see anyone. Nobody? Just for the record. No. No. no and one. yeah, you probably didn't even see squirrels. I wouldn't have come out either um, to join you. I don't think I saw any squirrels. Yeah. I was. Th I thought I would run into like some, I ran, I actually did some off-road running today. You which did? I tend That's to good. Like to do. And I got nervous because I went down a new path and I was scared because I was like, oh my God, we've seen black bears in this area recently in our, in our Connecticut area, yeah. right? And we don't do anything to them. They just tranquilize them, tag them, and then they bring them like five miles. And As you should. And it out. doesn't have to be a CNN world event. True. Just let the bear True. go where I would yeah. prefer that they brought them further out, but, you know, usually they just keep them in the same town. That's when they, they just... put the little lines of Skittles so they can get True. back to you. That's True. not fair. The bait, right? Yeah. Live bait. Um, <laughs> but so um, I, I did not see anything today. But I was yeah. more spatially aware of where I was because I ran on a new trail. And That's what you typically need to be. you have to be, right? And we're doing some High stuff alert. on runner safety as well. So anytime you go into new areas, um, I think you always have to be aware of that. So yeah, but trail running with the uh, the mountain lions and the bears and the just even humans that shouldn't be living on the trail. I've seen so Correct. yeah, you just have to be aware. And coyotes, but the coyotes are okay, unless they're in a pack. That's true. Yeah. So the trail running. So the trail running um, is, is really what ultra people who train for ultras. Typically, will run on trails. I don't. I've seen I don't people. Know any that don't. I see people they just cross, that, train for a small period of time to change their kick or stride or get a run in. But I think there, it's all trail. There's a guy out of Oregon. I think we've talked about before. He was good friends with our friend Rick Carone, Cam Haynes. I'll give Cam a shout out here. He's he's an yeah. amazing runner. He's done Boston, but he I have seen him. So he does like a marathon a day. He's a crazy ultra marathoner. He's done like Hurt 100, I think, like some of these major That's big trail races yeah. and stuff like that. Ultra marathons, I should say. But I do, you know, from following him on social media, and I've met him a couple of times. He, um, I think he, it looks like he does run on some surface some asphalt, but then he does get up into the mountain in Eugene and go back up and down, back up and down and do these trail runs. Yeah, it takes a lot of time to 
drive to the mountains. Correct. And then run, you know, four or five, six hours of the mountains. So do you home. do you ever day. do when you were training for ultras? Do you, do you ever transition and go from like, hey, you'll start on asphalt and then that will get you to the trails, or do you just have to drive out to the mountain range and then just? I usually drive park. or run in. If I'm not at the mountain ranges, just run on the local trail, because you can run on. You've been on some of the Orange County trails, yeah. so there'll be a dirt trail beside an asphalt trail, which is. Very user friendly. You get some a little bit of elevation. It's beautiful, and you're still off the asphalt. See, I think that's the hard thing with living out in this part of the country. Mm-hmm. I we don't have. I mean, there are some areas, but to do like a vast, you know, to do 26 miles in the woods, like I, I don't know how you would do that. I've tried to do. Yeah. I think the max around our area where we are located that I've been able to accomplish just in the local community is like six or seven, but that's like a three mile loop out, three mile loop back. And it's pretty woodsy. I mean, it's different. They're not like, they're more like recreation vehicle, recreation vehicle trails, like a quad trail or dirt bike trail. It's not necessarily like a cut trail for. Yeah, we have a ton, we have miles and miles of truck trail. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, we were, Impacted by the fires, fires again, but a yeah. lot of those truck trails and those races um, are no longer. We'll see what happens this next year. But so that so you and I talked about this. So for those listening at home that aren't aware of this, so Southern Cal had massive fires, mm-hmm. and we were talking about this. That so a lot of the trail systems were impacted dramatically. And some races were had had to be canceled or moved to yeah. other areas. Why is that? Is it so? And the reason being is because once the fire has been taken well, out and is over and it's safe to go back, you still can't run on those trails, right? Because yeah, of the you toxic. have ash, which is very toxic. And if you imagine you're a runner and you run by a smoker, which we probably all have at some point, yeah. which I think is just so wrong at all levels, but. If you just smell that, right? And then imagine running for miles, multiple people and operating an event and you're all ingesting ash and it just stays in your lung fibers and it's nasty, but that's on a personal running runner's note. But really what they do is you need to be off the mountains. They're, um, there's nothing to run on and they don't want mountain bikers. They don't want any humans on that soil so it can repopulate get some soil, topsoil, the rains come in, hopefully, hopefully, and um, it takes a year or two. So they'll stay closed quite a while. We'll see. Um, I raced Harding truck in July. The fires, I think, were in September. I just saw an announcement. I think she's going to be able to open up that race because all that area was burned last year. Um, the other other fires in Santa Monica are still closed. It'll be another year or two before they open. It's so it's so fascinating because we don't deal with those types of issues. I mean, there have been like brush fires that are small, you know, but yeah. they're usually contained within a day. It's a big um, thing. Yeah, it's it gives sad. me chills to talk about it. It's really, um, it's just unfortunate. There's a lot of people, and it's not just runners. It's not just because we love to run. It's everybody, even if you're hiking or yeah. you know taking your family out or with your dog or whatever. It's just a lifestyle that is just unfortunate and then when you see it it looks like the apocalypse it's a crazy thing to see such a desolation to the environment so i think it's hard to fathom i mean clearly there were plenty of pictures on social media like i remember seeing like the 405 and you just see like the flames Flames right 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 above right and i'm like is that real is that not real like what the hell's going on there 
So it's just so amazing to see that. And then, you know, um, to hear the stories, but then like there were, I think this time around, maybe because it was like Santa Monica, um, not so much. Yeah. And it was like celebrity 101 that there was a lot of social media stuff versus I think last year, which is kind of sad to say this, but like in Napa Valley, when those, unfortunately just like the general public was affected and a lot of people had deceased. I mean, there were, I think right. the media attention was because of the amount of tragedy that was happened in that area. But I tend to think that there was probably more of a social media presence because of what was happening in Malibu and LA County, you know, because of the, the people you're probably that are right. there, you know? Yeah, but if you look at Napa, I mean, that was just That was horrible. devastating, awful, right? Horrible. Awful. Um, obviously they drew attention to the vineyards and the properties. And of course, we've yeah. been up there and have friends up there that were impacted by that, as you know, but um, yeah, that probably was the case yeah. this last time, it's too bad. I forget what celebrity was. I mean, and I, I, I will stop what I was going to say here because, and I will say this before, is I do think that a lot of the celebrities did step up quite a bit. And I know, like, yep. there were entertainers that... I mean, you had elements of that. Yeah, so you had a good, good, you know, which was good to see. I think, like, Guy Fieri was out there, like, making food. He for, was, like, yeah. Like, he was just handing out food at these soup kitchens to these, like, firefighters I think so was David Grohl. Yeah, Dave Grohl, they he did a concert. Awesome. He had his barbecue and did his concert. And yeah. Yeah, they, they find a way. The but then there were other entertainers that I saw that were making news in the media and they weren't really impacted you know but they Not were just really. kind of writing i don't know maybe they were trying to get new likes and followers because of what uh, was going on which I is kind of selfish but so important just kidding yes yes <laughs> social media hey so, but back to the ultra right i mean and, and why you run um why we all run you know also for project purple there there's a component of it that just never gets out of your heart and out of your system. It's not just adrenaline. And people have always asked runners about, you know, that endorphin high, and it's not just that. It's a solitude. It's a type of mental therapy. We get to go run and think about anything and no distraction. And um, you just never get enough of it. It have never you, fills the cup. Have you ever found anything, because you're pretty active and you travel all around the country for your job, have you ever found anything that, is a close substitute no <laughs> no but but if well i will tell you right now when i'm not running people think i'm going to jump off a cliff when i don't <laughs> and they like they really it is so funny to people hear people's reaction and you know what's so beautiful having run so much and so for so long is that there are people that probably just freak out if they're injured and they can't because they don't have other things that bring them joy or balance you know, yeah so no i i'm reading about three books at a time which is my norm and i'm going through books like crazy but i picked up you know some more yoga and i'm trying to write and just do some different things so i absolutely am aware of how much time running takes so when i'm not running which unfortunately is right now i more than happy to be more social, do more things with family and friends, get into work and just read and do other things. So what brings me happiness right now is just a ton of reading and probably the beach. That's about it. Got to hit the ocean if I'm not hitting the mountains. You'll be back. I think you'll be back on the I will pavement be back. or on the trail it's all very attitude. soon. It's just, yeah. um, I think that's probably the hardest thing I think as not being a professional athlete 
you know, is this injury? Because we all sustain injuries, right? It ebbs and flows, you know, if you're putting in the mind. I mean, you're, we do. you're bound to have a... We do, but the body is amazing. That, that's what I'm always reminded of when I'm injured. And, and on a big scale, I haven't been injured very much or often, but the body rebounds. And just like you were saying earlier, you know, doing more core exercises, you find something else. It's good for you. I couldn't agree with you more. I think though your body, we had um, Dr. Keith, who is a exercise, well, he's a physical therapist. He's a guy here locally. We call him Dr. Keith because his last name is, I don't want to butcher it. What, Sam, what is it, Stein? Oh, I don't yeah, it's it was, it was long. It was long, but so right. everyone knows him it's as Dr. For Keith. Scrabble. But so he was saying, and we talked about the running because we talked about injury prevention, and, and he said it's kind of like water. If you think about water, water flows, right? It's it, yeah. like water finds a way. You know living on the coast, you know, beach erosion or when there's flooding, you know, if water will find a way to get in. And so he's like the body is kind of the same way, like with people's injuries, like it adapts, it flows, and it finds a way. And, and I don't know, for me, that was something with running, Sean running that first Boston in 2012, and I was literally at the back of the line. And so I passed a lot of people, not a lot, but a, a fair amount, and also being at the back, and that was like my first, that was my first marathon. And I just realized like, man, there's this dude next to me, and I, I think I've told this story before, you know, he was probably like 300 pounds, blind, but he was doing it. Right, You know, it's And his body was finding blind. a way. Yeah. And now fast forward and, you know, you see these people and we've had adaptive athletes do this mm -hmm. with us. You know, Amanda Sullivan, who, you know, uh, ran New York for us twice on crutches, um, who recently, she, just the other day, she amputated her leg below the knee and she texted me. She's like, hey, I'm running New York again. I'm going to do it. Like, you know, she's going to figure a way out, you know, and, and being friends with her and having her as part of our family here and being able to meet some of these adaptive athletes that have done the marathon with prosthetics. It's just, it's just amazing, you know? So the body finds a way regardless, a way. Yeah. you know, which is really, really fascinating. Um, shift gears here. All the 26 marathons that you've done, which was your favorite marathon? Carlsbad. Why? It was the first marathon I ran. I qualified for Boston and my family knows this story, but my uncle Franny was, um, my aunt and uncle were there, and my dad, I think, I don't think my brother was there that time. So um, I finish, and I'm, here I am, I qualified for Boston, my first race. I'm, I'm flipping elated, right? I'm excited, I'm like, wow, this is, this is fantastic. And I look across the finish line, I see my cousin Franny, who just turned 90, by the way, yeah. standing with a case of yogurt. And he's like, these races are amazing, oh, Sean. So he was getting the yogurt. <laughs> he's cleaning up on a yogurt. And I look at my aunt and I said, where are you going to put all of that uh, yogurt? yogurt? And it didn't matter. Like yeah. he, his, his yogurt medal was as big as it's my medal that day. And it is just the joke in our family. Every time there's he yogurt, every day. He was loving it. It's like, this is amazing. Like you, now, so I, awesome. now I know why you race, Sean. Now it's I know why you goodness. run. Yeah, I mean, I'm, check this place. There's muffins, there's yeah. everything oh, here. It's there's, like a full, there's a full spread I'm of like, food. Freddie, that's A, really not for you. <laughs> but uh, B, you have a case of yogurt, yogurt and there's only two of you, so. Oh, that's awesome. But anyway, Carlsbad is another race. When we're talking about races that start in the dark, it starts at 6.30. So you're already four or five miles into in it. The desert. And yeah, and it is 
a huge amount of mileage on the coast. So you run up PCH, smell bacon and eggs, you go through the town and it's hilly, wavy. You know, I, I do not like flat courses, I never have. So I've run that race, I think three times and I just love it. It's one of my favorites. Okay, so the other side of it, what is your, which race was your least favorite? LA. <laughs> Sorry, LA. I ran LA because it was, uh, I, I swear I would never run it. It was um, on my schedule, on my calendar that year. I'm glad I ran it. I'm so glad I ran it the one time. I did have a great run, but um, I am just not a fan of LA. I think second to the one to Carlsbad would probably be um, Chicago and Boston, of course. Yeah. No New York? I want to get, you know, I've, I'm going to confess. Um, I drove over that bridge last night coming here, mm. and I ran on that bridge. Right? Did we run on that bridge, of course? Okay. The one, the other one. Other side. And <clears throat> I thought about, I was like, I sure would like to put some some of my shoes on that bridge again. So I did think about it last night, about hitting it. I have to get around the, tr the my love for running on trails, and that's why I said I'd be at Napa this summer. Half, my, half marathon of asphalt, and then maybe New York. Yeah, asphalt is, uh, I mean, I, I, I've been blessed to run on trails, and I do enjoy trails. I think the, the real trails, right? Like The real one. trails, yeah. Um, like what we ran in Colorado was really cool when we were out in Colorado in the fall. And um, I know you were injured, but I got the chance to run um, a it was trail nice race. To see. Yeah, that was fun out there. And the competitive spirit got me in a little bit that day. Right. But uh, I, I paid for that afterward. <laughs> I think, you know, seeing the guy the day before do the 50K in like record time, I was like, oh. That was amazing. I could do this. Yeah, it was flying in his shoes untied. In his, yeah, in his Were Nike. In his just bum yeah, around his Nike v street shoes. or something. <laughs> like he was dressed like he was doing a street race, but he actually won an ultra yeah, marathon. Yeah, he was literally dressed like he was just going to go to the grocery Yeah, he store. was a pretty good runner. But I, 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 you know, the trails, I think that's the one thing. And for me, running has always been about the, not always, but a big part of it is the mental, you know, and being able to just clear your mind and think that way. And I think that's kind of the one thing with the trails is like, you really can get lost, like, which is cool. You know, being in the woods, it's not. Gain and lose at the same time. Yeah. It's just like the elevation. Yeah. And I think the other thing with running in the, on the asphalt, at least here in the, the Northeast, I mean, there are some trails I, I run in, in the town we live in, and you've got to really be aware of like cars because you can get hit pretty quickly if you're not aware because there's not a lot of big trails um, on the asphalt, like walkways and stuff. Whereas like when I was out in the OC, yep. I went running down in Newport Beach and there's a trail yeah, system. Back Bay, right? Um, they are in some, in, uh, where? When you're in, in OC? Newport. Yeah. Um, yeah, in that in that area. I mean, I thought you're saying like in some of the major cities, like naturally Central oh, no, Park Boston, has, yeah, yeah, Boston Back Bay Common. has it. You know, the Common they have the river there. Um, you know, New York has Central Park, which is self-contained. and There's no more traffic at all in Central Park anymore, which is awesome. So you know, you can get six miles in one clip, or you know, you can do as many six mile yeah. loops as you want. But, you know, I, I, for me, like the trail running that I've done and when I get on the trails, it's just like really like mindless, which I it's really mindless, enjoy. Right? We, we need to 
I don't know. I think we we all somehow need to find a way to provide that for ourselves. So I think we're saying the same thing. But come on out to the trails anytime. But I agree. You know, if you've got the cars and the traffic, it's a distraction. And you have to pay attention when you're running or on your road bike even. And um, it's good for you. So when can we see you back with running sneakers? What's your timeline look like from your injury? Um, I will be testing my little sticks out this month. (laughs) (laughs) Your little sticks. Yes. Well, we can't wait to have you back running for us. I know you missed that. I know we talked about it in October when we were, or September when we were out in Colorado. And you're a big part of this family from all of us here at Project Purple. And I'm sure for the people listening at home that are part of the community, Thank you for all you do. Um, we're, we can't do it without it. Um, your participation, your activity, you've been a big helpful in the OC and helping to build that area for us and we'll continue to build that area. So before I let you go though, Sean, oh, I've geez. got the hardest question here. Here we go. So this is the this is the hard one that we ask some of our guests. Is there a disclaimer? There is a disclaimer and there's no right or wrong to this question, but. That's helpful. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> What is the greatest gift that you've ever received or maybe purchased for yourself that has cost you the least? Wow. We saved the best for last. That is such an amazing question. Um, Say that again because I have three things. The greatest gift Mm -hmm. that you've ever received or bought for yourself that has cost you the least. Well, they will be my running shoes. Literally, I've been like there, you know, when you're a kid and your mom is school and your mom takes you for some shoes and socks and you literally want to wear them out of the store, right? Mm -hmm. That's the deal. Or you don't want them. Like you have to wear them. And I still feel that way about a new pair of shoes. Are they the best though? I think when you- I really do. Yeah. They are the best. You had, I don't know what you're wearing when you came out, but- to I have visit. my Chuck Taylors. Oh, right now? What do you mean? Like, no, when I saw you last in Orange County. But they're, like, there's something about running shoes. And, and I tell people. Maybe my Hoka's. No, I don't think you're wearing Hoka's. But you've probably been asked this question. You know, people always ask. And I, New York, I remember at the start of that race, and, and all of them really, but I look around, I always see what kind of kicks people are wearing. And I can definitely tell you which ones they're not but I won't go there so you put on a new pair of shoes and you're running and people will ask you you know what's the best type of shoe I want to get into running my or my feet hurt right whatever that is and I always tell them the best type of running shoe is priceless because it will always be cheaper than a doctor's visit that's true that's true <laughs> but you can run anywhere in the world so it would definitely be the running shoe I think that's so point on because like running like for me when I travel and I know we've talked about this like I just love to get out and run when I'm in new areas because that's the greatest way to see places right and I've talked to so many people about that Uh, one of our alumni she travels quite often she works for a big fortune 500 company and she goes overseas a lot and uh, she she says every time I just get out in new cities and just run and just see the city you know so it's just so amazing and you know when we peel back the layers health and wellness right there's mm-hmm. there's so many healthy aspects about running and and yeah there there's the the true cardiovascular but i think the one thing that running does as well with other activities but i think running makes you a little bit more 
consistent and um, also um, requires you to do this is just like hydration, right? Because after you run, you, hydration. you should hydrate with water, we hope. Yes, or electrolytes. <laughs> yeah, electrolytes, right? I'm a fan right? of the Metasalts and the, yeah. And then also the nutritional aspect of it too, you know, because that really can impact your running in a positive way. So I think that's the one thing and, you know, living a healthy lifestyle, you know, does prevent disease, it prevents illness. And so, you know, that's something that when we pull back the layers of what we do here though, Sean, like mm -hmm. we inspire people to run because of our mission. I hope that we inspire people to live a healthier lifestyle, that they do not get the disease 100%. or they do not get sick at some point. Um, so it's really powerful stuff. So I, I love that you said that because I think that has so many, you know, people may be listening and go, sneakers, like what the hell, <laughs> sneakers, you know? But then you start to peel back those layers. And that's why I said, there's no right or wrong answer to this, right? right? It's yeah. really, but if you really take a step back and dive into that, that's really powerful stuff, so. Simple. Very simple, but very powerful. Yeah, so thank you for having me. Well, thank you, Sean. I'm excited to be at the headquarters. I really am. This this office is amazing. It um, recharges my batteries, which I was in need of, so You'll I'm excited. you get plenty of recharging over the next 48 hours, Plenty of recharging, sure. I'm ready. Well, thank you for being a guest on the Project Purple podcast. You, and Dino. as we usually say, producer Sam, that's a wrap. Yeah.